Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right, Tony, uh, we are back at it once more. How are you? Doing pretty well, enjoying my good coffee. So, how about you? Good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I refreshed myself because we have a large facility. I was walking uh, to a, a a water fountain that was far away from my office. It's also got newer pipes coming to it. Like the ones in my office are, I don't know, probably like metal and old. So I don't know what's coming through those things. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I got the blood flowing a bit. Um, you so know, Tony, I you wonder know, how, I wonder how many new England Christians kind of imagine your church is like, kind of like a giant Christian six flags or something like that, you know, almost like a Christian mall. So well, yeah, like <laughs> we have a you know we have a water slide that goes down to the baptistry. It's just really cool. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know it is October and uh, we're getting ready for the playoffs. And actually, I got I saw this thing where the Braves were doing a an invitation, like you could uh, get an invitation from them to go watch them do open workouts to get ready for the playoffs. And I what? thought, man. I would like to take my son to that, but it's like right in the middle of the week, so uh, it's not That's not wild. great. Um, but with that comes uh, some people looking back at predictions they made. I've read some articles uh, to this effect as people looking at predictions, you know, the people that do this for a living, predictions they made at the beginning of the season about things that were going to happen as far as individual players' performance uh, or how a team might do. And some of them are having to turn. Um, are they not like, what was your expectation for, uh, the Red Sox going into the season? Play, maybe just barely make the playoffs. I didn't think they'd be great, but, uh, I didn't think they'd do as bad as they did. So, so did you think that, the, cause the Orioles, I know they used to be, uh, a oh, team you word. cheered for. Did you expect them to be the, have the second best record in baseball? No, not at all, man. <laughs> they've been awesome. So. My son yeah. is pumped about it because he's still an Orioles fan, in part because his favorite color is the orange. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, Andrew Brewers uh, from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, they, they. I, I'm a little afraid of them in the playoffs because of the pitching that they have. Um, now, if it gets into home run slugfest uh, and the Braves have to play him, I feel okay about that because uh, even their bat boy seems to be capable of hitting jacks. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But we will see. Uh, but, you know, those, those folks are having some of them are having to to turn or we might say repent uh, of their earlier choices of, of how things would shake out. Uh, and so that's what we want to talk about today. The issue of repentance, a very Christian thing, and how that affects families, uh, children, teenagers, what role the church has back and forth with the family. Uh, so, Tony, what is repentance? Yeah, so that's a good question. There's a variety of ways that Christians have answered it. So our, we use it at our home. We still use a North Star Catechism, even though it basically almost doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. It's hard to find. And we actually, when it was more prevalent, we interviewed the, uh, the, the creators of it on the podcast. Uh, it shows how long our podcast has been around. But, uh, uh, you know, so our kids' catechism, it says, turning away from sin and turning to Jesus. 
Uh, but really, basically, it means changing your mind. Uh, that's a literal meaning of it from the Greek. But but in there, the Greek, the idea of mind is more than the English concept of mind. You know, to change your mind is kind of to change your whole will and desires and, you know, with it, your actions. I really like, though, even better than that, uh, in a way, because the fact that it, it defined the word itself, the New Testament, beyond the meaning of the Greek word. I think well, Thomas Watson described the New Testament teaching broadly on repentance as involving sight of sin, sorrow for sin, confession of sin, shame for sin, hatred of sin, and then finally turning from sin. I think that's a good way to define it. How about you, Ben? That's expansive. I mean, I really don't have much to add to that. I think you were good to point out, though, yeah, it's not as simple as changing your mind like, oh, I tasted uh, the the burger from this place. I thought it was bad, but that's actually pretty good. Um, It's not that simple or simplistic. Uh, and I mean, the, the Hebrew word that's often used in the Old Testament for repentance or to repent is just the simple word. It means to turn. Um, yeah. And so I think that kind of carries that as well. And so, uh, yeah, repentance is a, a key teaching in Scripture in Old and New Testaments. Um, and it's given to us as part of the, our response to the gospel message about Jesus. Now, you, you talked about how envisioning our, our church facility is like some sort of, uh, you know, Christian Six Flags or something like that. Uh, I I imagine that in some of the churches that are truly like that, um, that there is not much talk of repentance. <laughs> I would assume the same thing. Um, though, I mean, there are some large churches that are faithful. Like I, our church, we're certainly certainly not tiny, but our building is just large from ages past, and we're working on reducing our our footprint for uh, wise stewardship reasons. But um, So, Tony, who needs to repent? Uh, Everybody. I do. All Christians do. It's it's really, this is something for all of life. Uh, And I want to say this is not mature adult Christianity. This is, it's for the kids. It's for everybody, like I said. So Uh what do you think, Ben? Do you think, like, somebody particularly in your church that you want to mention needs to repent? (laughs) Yes, I have, uh, you know, that Seinfeld episode where uh, they're having Festivus, (laughs) and he's like, I've got some problems with you people. (laughs) It's a listing of the airing of grievances. Um, Yeah, repentance is, it's for all. And you look at the, the message that... The, uh, the apostles preached and the early church held out it was to uh, repent and believe in Christ. And so it required this whole reorienting, re, you know, turning of the life. And, and I mean, the North Star thing, I think, is helpful, especially for a kid. It's, it's turning away from something, but by definition, it is turning to something else. And so you're turning towards Christ. But and so even a, a child can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we go about repenting in general um, and what what helps us to repent yeah so I put uh, so I have several things I think you know we need to identify the sin as well as the heart desire behind the sin so I, I don't think it's just enough to say that you know I'm you know somebody is looking at porn or, or somebody is, you know, that somebody is cheating on their taxes. But repentance involves even understanding, uh, you know, the heart desires, the wrong beliefs that that 
that kind of create the desire for sin. I think a, uh, there's a heart journal, which is something I do with biblical counseling. That's a great resource for that. Uh, but then we confess that sin to God, and often we confess it to others. After that, uh, we replace that desire with a better thought and a better action in turn. Uh, and then finally, I'd add others can help us repent. And, and and others can help us further by praying for us as we repent of sin. And ultimately, that shows us that God is the one who helps us the most repent of sin. What would you add to that, Ben? I think that's a very good answer and very succinct. Um, I think it's important to distinguish, too, that because sometimes I've heard it and probably said it myself or even thought of it this way, that confessing our sin is not quite the same as repenting. Uh, we can agree with God that yes, I what I just did was sin, or what I did ten years ago was sin. Uh, that's not the same as giving effort that's empowered by the Spirit to turn away from that sin. I, I you know, would add that I've, I had a conversation with someone um, recently, and I didn't press the issue, but um, there had been an issue of sin, and the person said how you know immediately um, I repented of this. And it kind of it sounded more like I immediately confessed that to God that yeah. what I had done was sin, uh, and maybe there was a you know steps taken toward that. But I do really like what you brought up about the the changing of desires and affections because that's something I've seen sometimes. It maybe is lacking in the ways that sometimes I, people might go about dealing with their sin. Just sort of okay, I need to stop sinning. I need to stop sinning. Okay, um, Lord, help me not do that, or just. That was sin. Okay, and go on. Please forgive me. Mm -hmm. But not dealing with the issues going on in their heart that is driving them towards that. And uh, I mean, we're going after it because we want to. We like it. We think it will satisfy us, yeah. and we need that to to be changed. And ultimately, like I said, God is the one who's got to um, bring that about in us. Mm -hmm. But so, and you see this. I've, I've been preparing these studies of, of an overview of the New Testament, and I very much of a flyover kind of view, like we did the Gospels in one study and, you know, Paul's, uh, we did, we had to break down Paul's letters to more than just one study. We couldn't do 13 letters in one study, yeah. <laughs> a long study. Um, but so often you see this in multiple authors where you could say it's 100% God and it's 100% you. Um, or maybe a better way to say it is God does his work in and through you. Uh, you yeah. must do something, but, I mean, Philippians 2.13 is a classic example Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Like you must do something for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work, to give you the desire and the power to do it. And so um, we take comfort and, and hope in that. Like we get to work because God is at work. Um, yeah, that's good. So why do you think people can have such trouble turning from various sins? And, and I don't mean to like – you know, covertly have some in mind that I'm just not naming, but just whatever the sin may be, why is it that people can have such trouble from turning uh, from sin at times yeah. or often? I think that's this connects to what you said before, but I think sometimes uh, they get to the fruit rather than the root, which means they, they just focus on the actions and then they don't really deal with what kind of led them to that, which at times it not only is it the case that it doesn't actually deal with the with the sin and the sin will keep going, but sometimes I've seen people that have, and even my own life, where I'm not I'm not doing the same action if I deal with the action, but I'm gonna 
do a different, you know, different version of the same error. And that, that's not really helping anything. That's not real repentance. So uh, I think the work of Satan plays a significant role here and why it can be so hard to, for people to turn from sin. I mean, Satan despises our repentance. Uh, and I think they try uh, they try to fight the sin, uh, their sin without the body of Christ. I think that's a huge part of why it can be so hard for people because we have our me and my Jesus thing, but we are meant to even confess to one another, to lean on one another as we battle against sin. And then finally, I'd add, I think shame, uh, kind of an almost an idea that God God is judging us even after we're in Christ. It gets us. I think it gets us stuck, and it prevents us from pursuing after godliness. So, mm. What would you add to that? Uh, those are all, I think, really good. And and you, I mean, I do a little bit of counseling, and it seems like my counseling kind of goes in, in waves. Um, you're doing much more of it, and you're still, you're kind of finishing up a certification with that, right? Next week. Okay, so the light is, is clearly at the end of the tunnel for you on that. But yeah, so, but you've been doing... Um, taking up a lot of time with that. And so just uh, sensitivities to those issues. And uh, yeah, and I just, you've, you've walked with Christ for a number of years. And so like, it's not like this theoretical thing or just something you've seen out there observed in the wild, like you've seen it in the wilds of your own heart. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I have that experience uh, myself. I think a lot of Christians um, maybe are not as familiar with the word as, Maybe their pastors would want them to be, um, or the ability to to take it and to meditate on it and to kind of need it um, and connect it to to various areas of their life um, in a prayerful, dependent way on the Spirit. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that can be a culprit. Uh, maybe just lack of, you know, back to the Philippians two thirteen. Um, maybe not a whole lot of trying to work out the f- salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I too think the, the lack of um, involvement in uh, the church, doing it alone. Now, I remember, did, were you a part of uh, the Barnabas groups in college? Was it part of the Barn? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was. That wasn't the whole time, but I was then. Uh, I knew t- uh, Professor Collier's one at one point and a couple other ones. So. Okay. So, yeah, I did it a bit and. One time, I think it was my junior year. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, they because I was the the chaplain for uh, like our class SGA, the Student Government Association. Um, they let me lead it, and because we had had someone, and then he left the the school um, to go to seminary or something like that. He he had worked in the admissions department or something, and uh, anyway. I led it, and I, I I did not have the wisdom to help some of those guys along with some of the things uh, that they were dealing with, but there there was a recurring issue that with many of the guys in the group, um, and they'd come in week in week out and say, well, yeah, this this was an issue of sin for me this past week, um, and the mere accountability itself was not enough to like yeah. deter them from sin. Um, and so, I mean, it showed it was a heart issue. They didn't just need someone to ask them a question about how they were doing in their walk with the Lord. Um, they needed some more help in repenting of that. And I, at the time, I just didn't, I mean, I was like, I'll pray for you. Um, but I really didn't 
have a whole I, I mean it's been a while but I don't remember exactly what I told them I don't think it was all that helpful in the end but they did need some help you know in that regard um, and so those can be means that God uses <clears throat> to yeah. help us along when, when we can get stuck um, what types of sins do you think might be common struggles uh, and you know related to repentance that kids in particular might experience yeah so I can think of a variety, uh, you know, ones that I've seen sin uh, and children in my life, children that I've interacted with. I think consistently uh, a struggle that needs to be repented of and, and most children is deception. Deception is, I think, an extremely common sin among the young. It's extremely common sin among all of us, but it can be particularly among young among children. Uh, and then sloth, I think, which, you know, laziness, it definitively can be something that needs to be repented of, as well as bickering. You know, I, I've never met a child that doesn't bicker with another child. You know, not necessarily every child, but I think all children bicker mm -hmm. with some children. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's, that is, those are things, real sins that need real repentance. What sins would you add, Ben? Um, I, well, I would say a, uh, amen to what you identified. I think there can be a, um, a regular issue with being ungrateful. Um, mm. You know, I, I've been working um, in the book of Colossians for the last bit, and it's interesting. It throughout, Paul keeps bringing up thankfulness, thankfulness, or gratitude. Um, you know, be rooted in Christ, built up and in, in established in Him, and overflowing with gratitude. And then, you know, whatever you do, do this. You know, and be, and be thankful, and um, and so I, I remember hearing this quote from uh, John Piper in a sermon from Romans one, back, back to college, back into <laughs> driving around the the edge of Tacoa, and uh, he back on my, my MP3 player, I downloaded sermons on there. You know, I was listening to it back in in those days, and he made the comment, "Proud people don't say thank you," mm. um, and you know that. The, the creatures did not acknowledge God as creator. And, uh, and so I think that can be, you know, a sense of entitlement and a lack of gratitude, which reflects pride, yeah. um, kind of a selfishness. Um, kids can be, you know, just very self-absorbed. And these things are kind of, they're related to, together. Um, and they just maybe manifest a, a blossom here or a blossom there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, those are things that I've seen in, children I've known. I mean, I, you know, I, I can be broad enough because I was a lot older than my siblings. So I saw them as children with some sense of objectivity. Um, it wasn't so much I was fighting with little siblings over, you know, I was like 10, 11 years older. Um, I've been a parent, worked in children's ministry, you know, for a number of years. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> those kinds of things rear their ugly heads a lot. Do you, do you um, now, think about, for any of them that they need to repent of uh, making their parents watch Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood with them? I hated that show <laughs> so much. I hated Daniel Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, Dan, I don't know if Daniel Tiger will want to make a reappearance in my house uh, in a few years here. Uh, I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, so how about for teens? Because – it's not that human nature fundamentally changes as they get a little bit older, but some things do change. So um, how does that begin to morph? Oh, a huge one, I think, for teens is going to be fear of man. 
and you know we mm-hmm. bring this up with uh, uh you know we're going to bring this up another podcast uh, thing that you wrote about uh eventually uh, but i think fear man is definitely a, uh, a sin struggle almost every teen will need to repent of uh, i think a wrong reactions to emotions i mean the reality is teens are often going through you know, body changes their bodies, chemical changes that that bring on strong emotions, and you know, having an emotion is not sin, but we need to repent when an emotion influences when when the impact of our emotions uh, that result in our sin. I think that can be something that we need to. So anger can be one of those aspects, uh, you know, that just cruelty towards one another, uh, and then finally, I'd put insubordination. I think almost all teens are going to have to navigate some degree of insubordination. It's kind of a questioning age. It doesn't have to be. It wasn't for Jesus, but it's kind of a, you know, a lot. Of, for most teens, I feel like there's a significant degree to which a sin struggle they're going to embrace that they got to repent of is not wanting to embrace any kind of authority. Yeah, I think those are all accurate Um I don't know that I really have a whole lot to add. I mean, you know, there, there can be um, – though this is – we've talked about this before, that there's data out there showing that teenagers are having less sex um, than they have, you know, uh, previously in the last few generations, less pregnancies and that kind of thing. And I, I think a big part of it is they're, they're doing other sexual things yeah. with their screens. Um, so it's not, not like yeah. a complete win, but um, some of the things they're doing just can't lead to pregnancy directly. Um, but I think, you know, there is a growing awareness and interest, um, in those kinds of things and developing sexual attractions. And so, uh, that's going to be an issue that they'll deal with. How can parents, uh, come alongside their kids in this process of repentance with these common, I mean, maybe you just pick one or two or, you know, however you want to answer it. But, um, because it's not that we want to treat, uh, Chat Bettis, I think has done a good job talking about this, that as we look at our kids sin we don't want to say you're the problem we want to say your sin is the problem and here we are coming alongside you to help you in this um how can we go about that yeah so i think we have to get to the heart even with children and teens the the heart problem and be patient enough to teach them because it can be really easy when young people around us especially when we're the parent uh, sin that we can really easy to just kind of react and punishing it rather than actually help them to understand their error and help them to, you know, see even the lies that they're believing and the time that, you know, they're embracing these kinds of things. Even, you know, when they're, I mean, I think of an example, I mean, that we're going to, going to get to modesty at one point, you know, but the, the da- teen daughter that, you know, bucks the rules and, you know, and dresses inappropriately. I think just just saying, oh, you know, throw on this hoodie is not the response. But even in that kind of thing, I clearly worked on both your podcasts at the same time. But even that kind of thing, <laughs> the, uh, the principle is that you want to help them to see, you know, how they might be wrongfully valuing how other people how other people might approve of them and how we can think through that in a, in a biblical lens uh, but I also think that uh, we should uh, we should show our need for repentance and our process of repentance not as a kind of boasting but as a demonstration of the reality of the Christian life uh, and finally I'd add that we should pray more for their battle against particular sins 
And, and because when we do that, we're going to the one that can give them the gift of repentance. I think that's something I don't do enough. I don't pray specifically for my kids' sin battles enough. And I think that that is a good example and good posture that one can have. Yeah, that's something I've thought about recently and been trying to do more of in, in a targeted way. Um, and also to to come alongside my kids and say, right, let's look at this particular thing. What does God's word say about it? And let's let's look at some stuff to help you forward. Um, because, I mean, it's good for us to just pray for our kids in general, but the more targeted we can be, I, I think that's helpful Um as God works in that, it may give us wisdom too, as we're kind of meditating in a, a prayerful way about those things. Um, you mentioned the the heart journal. Is that what you called it earlier? Yep. I can actually probably yeah, I mean, even put a link for that on the show notes, even if you'd be, if our listeners might benefit from it. So. Okay, I, but something like that, even if it's just a spiral notebook, or I mean. or their phone or something. And I, I got my Stuart Scott. Writing it so. out may be good, but yeah. um, you yeah. know. Uh, but spending some time helping, especially the older they are, to reflect on, you know, what did I want in this situation? What did I do? Um, what did I think would happen? You know, some of those kinds of things. And, and those are some questions like Paul David Tripp. Uh, I've seen him suggest asking your kids um, because I think it's safe to assume they're not going to just intuitively always know how to fight their sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they need help from people who are wiser and godly and who've walked with the Lord longer. Um, and maybe that's, you know, somebody's listening and they're like, well, I just became a Christian uh, last year. And so my kid did too. And, and we're sort of in this fresh together. Um, but ho- I mean, hopefully the two of you fighting together and just more life experience, um, God would give you grace in that to, to help them along. Mm-hmm. Well, how about for parents though? Because I mean, it's not like we're immune from sin uh, and above the battle. And so what are some common things that you think parents may deal with that that, that requires uh, repentance uh, specifically in their parental role. So I I had a couple things. I think idolizing their family I think can be a, a sin struggle that parents can have that they need to repent of. And so, you know, by that kind of I I can mean kind of uh seeking your kids seeking your kids have happiness more than holiness or even seeking that you kind of have this kind of idealized American family life. And often that will involve missing church and it'll involve neglecting to do the things that we talk about on the podcast a lot. Um, I can think of the Bible talks a lot, actually, repeatedly about the danger of parents exasperating their children. And I think that's something that parents can do. Parents can be too hard or too impatient with their children. And that's something that, that parents routinely need to repent of. And I think even for uh, that one that's in my life and I've seen in other parents like me can be idolizing efficiency because that can, you know, basically kind of an idolization of, of an, of a set of accomplishments rather than valuing the people that God has placed in your life. Because I think that can be a real sin matter that, that needs real repentance. Yeah, I think those are are good, uh, definitely good and relevant. And one of the ones you mentioned uh, about exasperating the kids um, that can stir up anger in them, that can lead to discouragement. Um, both of Paul says that in uh, Ephesians and Colossians, uh, but also the uh, you, you kind of alluded to it, but that by being impatient and and anger, um, that can be one of those that that parents need to repent of and. 
<clears throat> because I mean, our kids are going to disappoint us, and some of that that anger may then it may stem from some of those other things you mentioned, like idolizing them and just expecting this this child or children to lead to my fulfillment and my happiness and and all of this. And suddenly, like kid, you're what is what is going on? You are not fulfilling me. You are not making my life wonderful and happy. You're actually making my life very difficult right now and inconvenient. Um, and the efficiency thing, I, we just need to get out the door and get to the place we're going to do this thing. And now I'm having to stop because y'all are fighting or because you don't want to wear this pair of shoes or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and so it's these things just reveal our, I mean, our kids marriages, a lot of things um, that are a, a normal part of our life, God uses them to draw out what's in there, not to cause it, but it just draws out what's there. And uh, a, a bit like sandpaper, um, work down some rough edges that, that need to be smoothed out in our life to conform us to Christ's image. <clears throat> so how can churches, just in a, a general way, help families to repent of, of their various sins that they're dealing with. Yeah. I think we need to teach about sins more and sins, particularly we need to teach about sins that aren't just the kind of the other people's sins. I think that's one of the ways that we do that because I think there's been a tendency that I think we're in a time where churches are not quote unquote afraid to talk about sin, but they really are because they're not afraid to talk about sin of the person that's not in the room. But you know they're but they're but they're not willing to address the sin that's in the heart of the pastor and the heart of the the con of the members the congregants. Uh, you know I think pastors would do well as well to model repentance without looking like pride. You know don't you know look how awesome I was and how I repented. But but to show you know when we when we sin to acknowledge it in a way that is safe. Uh, actually I've had to challenge myself on that because it's you know. I mean, I, I think it goes against so much of what we deem professionalism to apologize publicly. And, you know, when we are impatient or when we're a bit of a jerk. Uh, and finally, I'd say a Matthew 18 model, um, you know, the idea of the idea of confronting one another in love in Matthew 18. It says that we need to have kind of a culture of approaching one another. So, you know, Jesus establishes his church should be a place where that the church uh, it, were among the membership. People are routinely kind of navigating sin together. What would you add to that? I think those are very wise responses. Uh, sometimes there is a place for people going to a counselor to help them uh, with something. Whether, uh, yeah, I mean that that can look in a lot of different ways. But a lot of times, just other wise people who have the spirit and who have some handle on God's word can help us with that. Um, I think if if we emphasize repentance as a necessary part of the Christian life and not just to get in, uh, but like Luther said, you know, when our Lord said repent and believe he meant that the whole of the christian life is mm -hmm. one of, of turning away from our sin and then turning afresh you know t to him um i think just helping people to see it in those terms um and, and i yeah as far as the specific sins you could probably do this just in your teaching in general um when you're dealing with something in a text help someone work out how or envisage kind of how this works out um you know some of the the desires and things at play that it's not just we did some sinful things we have to stop doing these sinful things but helping them understand the dynamics of their heart the the command center of their life and how it's directing 
Um, and, and so that takes some time. You can't do that in one sermon or one class or something like that. Um, but emphasizing those things as a priority. Uh, I heard somebody say one time, you know, uh, he was interviewing someone for a church membership and the young woman said that her parents had gotten divorced and, and she grew up in a Christian home, but anyway, the parents had divorced and the pastor said, well, have your parents repented of that? Uh, and that, that's not that, that young woman's responsibility. He said, I was trying to get across like we value repenting of our sin if, if, you know, we are claiming Christ. And so, um, making that, a, a, a public priority, that's good. um, that that's how we deal with things. Um, and yeah, I mean, back to the thing about specific sins, it's easier to kind of, you know, point our finger and scold Target during the month of June, you know, and their their rainbow stuff by the satanic guy and all the rest. Um, it's easy to shame shame um, than it is to to point out the uh, the gossiping that's going on, you know, in some group or the. <sighs> Um, choosing, you've, you've already named it, but, you know, choosing missing church for kind of recreational things on a regular basis um, rather than uh, pouring into our children the things of God. So, um, yeah. So, Tony, how can next-gen ministries in particular, um, how can they help kids and families um, with repentance? Do you see any kind of other role beyond some of the stuff we talked about with the church itself? I think a lot of the sim- yeah, I think a lot of the similar things to the church, but uh, you know, I think particularly we need to navigate those family idols more so in next gen ministry, and it really shouldn't surprise people that you know our podcast. I mean, we we try to put this in practice by beating to death <laughs> to some degree some of these same issues because I think these same issues are the ones that are common struggles in families, in those who might often listen to this podcast, uh, you know, or at least their friends. Uh, I think also that uh, we, you know, that we should teach how to fight these kind of family idols, particularly in next generation ministries. And, and then we should help these uh, help, you know, uh, these kind of be places, next gen ministries, be places where young people can be safe uh, to deal with their sin and to look for help because I think sometimes next gen ministries can kind of be places where where either one sin is not dealt with. I mean, I actually remember the first youth group I ever attended before I was a Christian. It was kind of you know people were just horrible to each other and you know those bullying cultures and it was clearly it was you know that the youth leader had had just didn't want to confront that because it would be uncool and, and don't do that but also be a place where it's safe to say like hey for the for young people to talk about when they when they rebelled when they when they fell into that sin when they disobeyed and transgressed in the way that they thought they were past and where they can be prayed for by the leaders and and given encouragement and help uh, so I think creating that kind of culture is going to be key and I mean really in a way I think almost as kind of making biblical counseling normal part of children's ministry or youth ministry these kinds of parts of navigating sin what would you add to that well, yeah, I don't have, I don't think anything super insightful beyond that. I think that's really good. And a lot of biblical counseling is wisely taking God's word and applying it to life. And so some people are going to be naturally more gifted at that. And they may be, you know, so gifted and, and skilled that, I mean, they devote a, a large portion of their time to it. Um, but 
not everybody has to have that level of giftedness to participate in that and just to help people to take God's word, to, to hold it up against their life and say, well, hey, you know, have you thought about this? Um, and just help them to see their, their struggle, their experience, their sin through the lens of God's word and go, oh, okay, all right, these are some things I need to bring to bear here. Um, and, you know, let me meditate on this and let that, the, the water kind of wash me. Um, and, you know, in the Ephesians 5 kind of sense, the washing of the water with the word. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, good, good stuff there. Uh, do you have any resource recommendations? And if not, that's fine. But uh, just thought I'd throw it out there. I mean, do you think I do? <laughs> Don't eat your soda. Kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would say, uh, yeah, I, I, I have been, uh, I, the one ble- great blessing of COVID times for me was it made me a better reader. Uh, but uh, so I would say one, The Doctrine of Repentance by Thomas Watson. I think it's a fantastic, it's hard to read because he's a Puritan, but I think it's honestly Doctrine of Repentance is one of the best Puritan works. Uh, and then How People Change by Tim Lane, which is more modern and navigates biblical counseling uh, as well as general sanctification. But I think it's a really helpful resource. Uh, and then actually I would add a series of books. Uh, so there's these little books for kids uh, from actually CCEF, a biblical counseling resource. And their little books are called Good News for Little Hearts. Uh, there are a series of them. You know, they're little characters, animal critters that mm-hmm. navigate different sin struggles. And they and they show what repentance looks like of a particular sin struggle. And it could be, you know, it could be anxiety. It could be, you know, anger or whatever. So I think it's those are really helpful. So were you going to add some? What were you thinking then, Ben? Uh, yeah, I've read part of how people change. I've, um, and then I've read some of those books. We have them out in some places, the, the animal ones, um, some in our church kind of to draw parents attention to them. And that could be a way that, that churches, you know, try to help like, Hey, here's some, here's some resources, uh, that, that you might want to give attention to because they're not going to show up on like the bestseller on Amazon, you know, the algorithm there. But, um, One specific – this was related to parenting. I think we had him on to talk about this, but I can't remember. Um, but I, my wife and I did it uh, ourselves. Um, but Chat Bettis has a, a study, and it's called uh, pa- Parenting with Patience, I think. Yeah. Um, and so it's very – I mean good biblical stuff there, and it's just giving – like with so many issues of, of sin and needing to repent and to grow – um, it's not just that we stop doing bad. I mean, in the biblical sense, we put off the old and then we put on the new. And I think it does a good job at helping you to give sustained attention. Uh, it's kind of like learning languages. It's, you know, you don't want to just study the language once for three hours that week and then forget about it until the next mm-hmm. week or two, but give some sustained attention to it in smaller doses each day. And, and really, I mean, if you do that in faith, seeking the Lord, change will occur. It may not be at the rate that you want, but but you will begin to change your affections and uh, your awareness of what you're doing and your desires and all that. And so um, anyway, that I found that to be a helpful book and um, or not a, a study, but you can, I think the Apollos Project.com or I forget, he's changed the thing, but look up Chat Bettis, the Apollos Project, Disciple Making Parent. No, it's Disciple Making Parent now. That's right. The, the website. Yeah, it's really you'll, good. You'll find it. Um, Again, it's just a very uh, practical resource. It's got some online videos. Um, and these, I think it's the same publisher that does those uh, the 
good news for little hearts. Um, they have these small booklets. Um, New Growth Press uh, is the name of the the publisher. Um, they're they're connected with uh, CCEF, the uh, Christian Counseling and Education Foundation, and um, yeah, there's just little mini booklets. They may be like 50 pages or something, and they're it's small. Um, and so they just tackle different issues, and they're not all directly related to repentance. But I've read some of those and seen the titles for a number of other ones, and they they are helpful. So it's not um, it's not the Puritans. It's not some super in depth uh, look, but just something to kind of get you going. Um, but a lot of the stuff from uh, New Growth Press can be helpful. Yeah, I um, almost felt like with the question that you asked. Really, you could have essentially named anything that New Growth Press makes, and that would have been <laughs> answer to this question. Yeah, I mean, well, here's another example um, of uh, Ed Welch, who's with CCEF. Uh, he's written two small books, and um, one dealt with anxiety. I've not read that one. The other one uh, dealt with anger. It's like a small book about a big problem, and the yeah. anxiety one. Um, again, they're they're very small, and it's like you know two three pages of on a you know. Again, small pages um, for a day, just a short meditation and some things to reflect on, um, but to help you take steps forward in godliness and in love. Um, and so, yeah, I would commend them to you. Um, but Tony, thanks for thinking of this or thinking together with me about this and um, pray that it would help us all to keep turning away from our sin and running towards Christ, um, kind of modifying the North Star Catechism mm -hmm. there. Amen. All right, brother. Have a good day. You too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday. <laughs>